Glory to God. Well, welcome tonight. It is Wednesday, and it is our final midweek service in this current location. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. And so uh, thank you for coming tonight. Take a picture of where you're sitting and remember, memorialize. <laughs> Can, if, uh, Ivan, if you could bring your camera on Sunday, we'll take some pictures of uh, us uh, just kind of, uh, you know, wrapping it up, <laughs> saying our goodbyes. We're not saying see you later in this, you know, to the building, but we'll say see you later to us. But uh, it's it'll be good to be uh, moving. That means things are uh, moving forward. Amen. That, that's a step in the right direction. And so we uh, thank God for that. Uh, we step out. Uh, it, when you step out into the unknown, which it really is, it's the unknown, right? When you step out, it's a step into faith when you know that God is telling you to do it. And every time you do it, uh, there's always a reward. Amen. There's always uh, something on the other side. And it's exciting for me. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this time together. I thank you for your word and your spirit. We thank you, Father, uh, that as we get into your word tonight and prepare our hearts to receive from you, I thank you that you help us. You, uh, Holy Spirit, make the word real to us uh, so we can apply it in a way uh, that we need to to receive. And we're, we're talking about healing. So to receive healing. Uh, in every area of our lives. We thank you and we praise you for everything that will be accomplished and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We'll get right into the word tonight and um, I, I hope to finish this and if not, we'll finish up on Sunday. Uh, on Sunday, we talked briefly uh, about how we can position ourselves to receive God's highest flow during every service, and that is by responding to his movement. And his movement is whatever the Holy Spirit is calling for at that time. Uh, the more we yield, the greater the flow. And so uh, God has a plan, uh, Brother Hagin said this, he said God has a plan for every service. And I take it one step further. I say God has a plan for everything we do in the service. He has an overall plan, but he has a plan for everything you and I do when we come to church. So if we'll listen and respond to him, even in our time of fellowship, he has a plan. He wants you to be connected to the right person. He wants the right words of encouragement and edification said. He wants you to speak to that one that maybe someone missed. And so if we'll respond to him and not just go about our usual, I say hi to this one, this one, this one, and I take my seat. You know, he wants us to just be listening to him. Lord, I'm walking in the church and I want to know what you want me to do. Look at it that way. He has a plan for every interaction. He has a plan uh, for our time of giving. I want his highest flow in my giving. <laughs> I want his highest and his best. He has a, a highest flow in worship. He has a highest flow in when I'm sitting down and receiving the word. For everything in my service, in the area that I'm serving in, there's a higher flow that we can tap into. And so if I'll come with the right attitude, my spirit excited and my heart excited about what I'm going to do. I'm going to serve maybe children, uh, you know, youth, uh, ushering, greeting, cleaning, whatever it is. I come and I walk in his highest flow and I do it with his highest flow in mind. And so I thank him for the opportunity uh, to do that. And so uh, we can become skilled in flowing with the anointing of the Lord that is moving in the room in each service. We can become skilled in that. And so uh, when the Holy Spirit moves, uh, we respond. And the more we respond and give him room, the more we'll receive. Uh, what will we receive? What he wants to give us at that moment. He has so many things. He may have a service may go in one direction. Right now he has us on healing. So he has, a, he has a flow of healing for us. 
And so it, whatever it is that, that's being talked about, he's the revealer of the truth, and he wants everyone to get it. And so everyone who responds gets it. This applies in the corporate setting here at church, but it also applies to us individually at home, at work, while we shop, while we drive, in everything that we do. God has something for us. And so if we'll yield to that in our daily lives, we can live in his higher flow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We talked about that during morning prayer this week. Now, as I mentioned on Sunday, I want to talk about healing and maybe just correct just a few things that I, I believe, because I know it's kept me from receiving my healing. I'm going by me tonight and, and, in, and, and my perspective, what I've seen occur in the lives of people that, I, that are close to me that I know over the years. And I'm not just talking about now, I'm talking about for years. I grew up in the household of faith. I, I know a lot of people in the household of faith and I've seen different things. And so uh, I don't like doing the same thing over and over again and not getting results. To me, that's tradition and religion. And I hate, H-A-T-E, religion. I hate it. People always say, you're a religious person. No, I'm not. I hate religion. Religion is doing something over and over and over again because mama did it, grandma did it, just, and it means nothing to me. You go to church? Oh, yeah, I go to church. Uh, so what did you get from the service? We're supposed to get something from the service? You're supposed to respond? I, didn't, I don't even bring my Bible to church. No, that's religion. No, uh, Jesus, <laughs> that's who I'm about, and he changes your life. That's what I'm about. And so having a relationship with him, a fellowship with him, and doing what he wants us to do. So I believe these things, if we correct them, uh, they will uh, stop that hindrance that we're having uh, in, in, in getting our healing and receiving it. Uh, and, you know, and we'll be laying hands on whoever desires that on Sunday is specifically for healing. And so, you know, you have to want it. You have to want to be healed. You have to want to be delivered. You know, there are people, uh, <laughs> we were talking about deliverance. Dr. Jacobs was talking about deliverance, and he said, you know, a lady came up to the line like she wanted to be delivered, you know, and so he prayed for her. He said he saw the devil walk out, just walk right out, come right out of her and walk and turn around and give him a dirty look like, huh. But then he saw the devil turn around and walk right back inside her. Right back in her. And he said, what happened there? She don't want him gone. She likes entertaining him. She's good at it. She became skillful at it. And so he said, uh-uh-uh-uh. You have to want it. And he, she, uh, they argued for a while. <laughs> and he said, let me, let me talk to you about this. And so he finally talked to her about it. And she said, no, you know what? I, I don't want it. I don't want it. I renounce that. I, ren I don't want it no more. I don't want it no more. And so uh, she realized the devil came out again and turned around and looked at him and this time went right out the door. <laughs> he was like, ow. I said, good thing it didn't walk into somebody else. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, because, you know, uh, we have to want deliverance. We have to want to be free. And so for anybody who wants it, um, I like to teach on healing before praying for people because faith for healing comes by hearing what God says in his word about healing. Faith comes for healing when we hear the word on healing. And for time's sake, we're not going to talk about whether or not God wants us healed. Why? Because we've talked about that plenty in the past. If you've been here for any amount of time, you've heard God wants people healed. Uh, if you don't know that God wants you healed, then uh, that is the first place for you to start. Because faith begins where the will of God is known. You must know the will of God. If you're not 100% sure that God wants you healed, uh, then I highly recommend that you get into his word for yourself. Don't take my word for it. It's not enough for me to know the word, believe the word on healing, and have it settled in my heart. You will not receive your healing if I do that. But if you know, if you believe, and you settle it in your heart, then you can receive your healing. And so his word is his will. So uh, you need to have that settled. Uh, you'll not have the confidence to believe for healing 
if you don't believe that it's God's will that everyone be healed. Uh, so I'm going to give you, you can write it down. We're not going to go there for time's sake, but you can study these out. Isaiah 53, verse 5. 1 Peter 2, 24. These are familiar, I know. Matthew 4, verse 23. Matthew 8, verse 16. Matthew 9, verse 35, Acts 10, 38. And there are probably hundreds more on healing. If you just do a search, go on your Bible app and just put healing, you'll find tons of verses on healing. There are many. So search it out. Become interested in knowing about your healing and what's provided in your redemption package. Become interested in that. And what the word has to say about it. Healing is a promise. You don't earn healing. It's not a reward. Healing is not a reward for good behavior. Or for not doing the wrong thing. Healing's not a reward. We don't earn it. Uh, so for tonight, we're assuming that everyone knows and believes that healing is a promise from God. And that God wants everyone to be healed. In fact, look at the person on your right. Look at someone and tell them healing is a promise from God. And he wants everyone, including you and me, to be healed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you'll read the scriptures, you'll see that you are already healed. We're going to take it one step further, okay? You are already healed. I said it's part of your redemption package. When you were born again, you were born into healing, into victory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Born into health. Glory to God. Into eternal life or the kind of life that God lives. Bless the Lord. So the devil will bring all kinds of opposition. Uh, to us to get us to separate ourselves from healing. Healing's over there, we're over here. The minute a symptom comes, oh, healing's over there. Uh, and so we look externally to get the healing, but healing is in us. We have been born into health. Uh, healing is ours, but we just have to arrive at it with our faith. Hallelujah. So let's go over to Mark chapter 16 uh, and verse 15. We read this actually. I wasn't planning on doing that, but we read this this morning during morning prayer. I'll read it out of the New Living. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. It says, and he told them, and this is Jesus, it's in red, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages or tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. And then we see that Jesus was taken up and sat down in the place of honor or authority at God's right hand. And then in verse 20, it says, and the disciples, not Jesus, and the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Not just by a few, but by many miraculous signs. And so uh, we see here in Mark, Jesus is talking. And if healing is a promise from God. And he wants everyone to be healed. Why aren't we today seeing as many miracles as it talked about they saw? I believe that's a question that we can't leave unanswered. And I think we've left that unanswered. And, and that's why we see less healing. Uh, and as we go through this, you'll see examples of this and, and you'll see why. Um, has anyone come up to you in the past year and said, man, I have just been laying my hands on so many heads for healing like the Bible said, and no one has been healed? Has anyone said that to you in the last year, in the last two years, in the last five years, in the last ten years? No. 
No. It's not because healing isn't available. It's because we're not doing the first part of that. We're not doing the first part of that. So we think if we do nothing, we can't fail. <laughs> the devil has put fear in people. Well, what if they didn't? What if they don't get healed? They were sick to begin with. They're not going to get sicker because you laid hands on them. They were already sick. What do you got to lose? <laughs> but we get fearful of that. Well, what if? And so we think, well, if I don't do anything, I can't fail. The reality is if we do nothing, we fail to obey the Great Commission that was given to us by Jesus. How long? I ask myself this question. How long are we going to wait to see healing and miracles? How long are we going to prepare for it? How long will we just talk about the great revivals that took place over the last 100 years? How much more teaching do we need on the subject of healing? Huh. And how much uh, more uh, emphasis do we need on this? Well, I'm just waiting for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. And the Holy Spirit moves as he wills. So you're telling me that it is not his will to heal. It's not his will to heal. That's what we're saying. If we're waiting on the gifts of the Spirit and it's as he wills. Mm, well, you know, he meets us in our movement, not in our hesitation. He meets us when we move. You don't need boldness if you're just going to sit on your hands. But if you're going to stretch out your hands and put it on stuff, that's when you need boldness. That's when we need it. And so uh, we just need to believe because here's the thing, the title of this message, and this is the reality, healing always comes. Always comes. Healing always comes. And people in their mind, well, I, well, I know Mr. So-and-so. He didn't get healed. Yeah, but healing came. Healing came. I want to talk about that because that is why we can come up to a prayer line over and over again and, and go home and then people go, well, I thought he was a man of faith. Well, she was a woman of faith. If she ain't getting healed, I know I didn't do the right thing this week. Healing's not a reward. It doesn't matter how good of the person was. Healing is not a reward. But there are things that we are responsible for in enforcing our healing. And so uh, healing always comes. When Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed uh, by the devil, there were a few ways that he did this. And uh, there were times when he was moved with compassion and we see the gifts of the spirit manifest, what we were just talking about. The gifts of healings, the working of miracles, word of knowledge, we see that manifest. Uh, we talked about one of those occurrences on Sunday. You can look at John chapter 5, uh, verse 1 to 15, the man at the pool of Bethesda. Uh, Jesus didn't tell the man that his faith made him whole because he didn't have much faith. He was laying around. He wasn't making any movement towards that location where he should have been. I mean, come on, roll yourself over. Everybody else was. It said there was a multitude of sick people there. And many got healed. And they, it said they were all paralyzed, invalids and stuff. So they were all in the same shape. But they got in the water. But he did not. And he was sick for 38 years. We don't know how long he had been there. Thank God Jesus walked in there. And he's the only one we see. It could have been others that Jesus healed. But he's the one that uh, John decided to tell us about. And so it marked him. And so this man had to respond, though. When Jesus told him, get up, take your bed, and walk, he did it. Thank God. He did it. Because he could have just laid there. Well, I need some friends to pick up my bed. No, he did it. He did what Jesus did. He redeemed himself. But then if you look at verse 14 of John chapter 5, Jesus catches up to him in church. Yeah, Jesus attended church. So he caught up to him in church, and he said something to him. He said, see, you've been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. This is one of the reasons people don't keep their healing. So we have reasons people don't receive 
And this is reasons why, it's one reason why people don't keep their healing. I know people who have been miraculously healed. We rejoice with them. We saw them work out their healing, just wonderfully healed, miraculously healed. And then six months to a year down the road, same thing, but worse shape. Why? Because they went back to do the very thing they got that got them sick to begin with. They went back to that again. And there's a responsibility that we have. Well, if God wants me healed, he'll keep me healed. No, that's not how it works, my friend. <laughs> but he, he's empowered us to keep our healing. We're not just dumb, mindless people and robots. No, we're his family. We're his children, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have a will, and he's given us a choice. Love gives you a choice. And so they stopped enforcing the promise of healing, and the sickness came back on them. And I've seen God heal them again. <laughs> I've seen them get healed again. And some stayed healed. Some died. Some are still fighting that thing that they got healed of twice. And people look at that and go, hmm, I wonder if this thing really works. Right? That's what we do. We question. Hmm. Now, this is the third time. Maybe it doesn't work. This is where a lot of believers are. We say we believe, but we call ourselves believers, but the believing has stopped concerning healing. So then we listen to what people say, healing has passed away. Or maybe God heals some and God puts sickness on others. And so we start going down this road and doubt sets in. And the next time there's a prayer line, I come up, I already know I'm not getting nothing. It's just now formality. <laughs> it's just now tradition. I'm just coming up because they said to come up. And maybe their faith will make me whole. <laughs> you know? And so this is where many in the church are today. And, and we're not going to have that. We're not having that. Healing is a promise, but we have to enforce that promise in our lives every day. Every day. I told you, I, I've had symptoms in my body. And I'm still confessing the word of God. I'm not taking anything. Ask him, elderberry. I'll, I'll take my little elderberry vitamins with my other vitamins. But I'm not taking no Tylenol. I'm not taking, I haven't had a fever. I, and I'm not. I won't have it. Not coughing. Not, I won't have it. And people say, shh, the devil will hear you. Good. I want him to know. He can shut his big mouth. He ain't going to, no, he ain't putting that on me. I'm not taking it. But the minute I relax and go, yeah, 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 I'm like, oh, 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 oh no. I'm going to stay vigilant in this. I'm going to stay vigilant in this. And so it's a promise I got to enforce every day. Look what's right in the middle of a scripture that we quote all the time. We're talking about a re one reason why people don't keep their healing. 1 Peter 2.24. I'll read it out of the New King James Version. It says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. Then it says, and by his stripes. You were healed. We've got to be sure we are a living a life of righteousness. We can't live a life of sin while we're claiming the promise of healing. Can't live a life of sin while I'm claiming the promise of healing. Because sin brings death. And before death comes, usually sickness does. It's a process. And so uh, we've got to live right, especially if we're working on our healing. Mm. So it matters how we live. Sin will keep us from realizing the promise. Healing can often be uh, the very thing that opens the door for salvation for someone else. Now, we talked about the gifts of the Spirit uh, and I like what Brother Hagen said. Uh, one of the speakers, that we, one of the ministers that was at the meeting last week said this, and I'm like, that's right. That's so good. Brother Hagen said that if you use the divine given instruments of travail and compassion, they will make you irresistible and successful. He said people will be attracted to you if you will take the time to pray. And I don't mean no two-minute prayer. 
I mean the, dip, the, the deeper side of intercession, which is travail. Yeah, that takes a while to get in there, but this is not something that we push off to the church prayer team. We're all called to travail, all of us. In fact, you can't birth the plan of God for your life without travail. That's what travail is, it's birthing something. It's groanings that cannot be uttered. If you haven't taken the time to pray for your life like that, I encourage you to do that. That's when answers will come. It doesn't just take 10 minutes or set a clock, I'm just going to do an hour. No, it's, it's I'm going until I get through this. And so uh, the, the, when, we're going to talk a lot, about, a, a lot more about travail, but um, it will assist us with the move of God. Travail will. Uh, it will also uh, assist us with new souls. We've, we've, I've, that's mostly where I've focused travail uh, is, is in the times that I've gone to that place of travail is, is when we were praying for souls. Uh, but I also saw something that he, he showed us, and I saw it in the New Testament, and we'll, we'll talk about it again at another time. But uh, it also assists us with the maturing of believers. You want to mature as a believer, give yourself to travail. And so, uh, we'll, again, we'll talk more about that. Uh, compassion is the other divine instrument that he mentions. And we see in the word of God that compassion always preludes the gifts of the spirit. Remember, it would say Jesus was moved with compassion when he saw this. And then he said, you know, or he did, he healed them. And so uh, compassion, but it's not sympathy. I didn't say sympathy preludes the gifts of the spirit. I see someone and I sympathize because they're in a wheelchair or because they're sick or they're, it's a child. No, sympathy is of the soul. Compassion flows out of our spirit. And it's the compassion of God that will come and unlock the door to the gifts of the spirit. And so if we'll move with compassion. And so if you want to attract people, and we should because that's an opportunity to share Jesus, uh, we have to move with compassion like Jesus did and take a risk. Faith takes risks. Is it worth taking a risk for Jesus? Absolutely. He risked it all for us. Amen. So what do we have to lose? Either we believe what Jesus said or we don't. My actions or lack of actions support what I believe. So let's look at Luke chapter 7, verse 11 to 17. I'll read it. Uh, I think it's out of New Living. Uh, now it happened the day after that he went into the city called Nain, and many of his disciples went with him and a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. He didn't have sympathy. He had compassion and said to her, do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. Yeah, I'd stand still too. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead <laughs> sat up and began to speak. He responded to the arise. And when he responded, he became alive. Life came back into his body. And Jesus presented him to his mother. Compassion preceded the working of miracles and most likely uh, the gifts of healings if he was sick, if it was sickness that took his life. Uh, the gifts of the spirit are real. We've talked about, we talked at length about them and available to anyone who desires them. Paul tells us to covet them. They manifest as the Holy Spirit wills. And it's our job to position ourselves to be used by him and respond to him. And we see Jesus operate in the gifts of the Spirit frequently. Now, we also see Jesus a number of instances 
where he tells a person who was healed, your faith has made you well or whole. The woman with the issue of blood. She was one of them in Mark chapter 5. Uh, we see there that, you know, she went through the crowd, she touched them, and then touched the hem of his garment, and he said, he looked around and said, who touched me? The disciples were like, are you crazy? Everybody's touched you. He said, no, no, this was a different kind of touch. This was a touch of faith. This, this touch released something from me, the anointing for healing, and she received her healing. And so she touched him with faith, not just to touch him for other reasons. And so uh, he said in verse 34 of Mark 5, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering's over. In Mark 2, we see where the mans who had friends, you know, the friends who were tired of carrying them around everywhere, so they took them up on the roof and cut up the roof and put them down. I love what Stephen Dufresne said about that. He said, you know, we think it's just like so perfect, the four, you know, each four friends, and they bring them down evenly. Think about it. I'm weaker than he is. Your weak might be stronger than he is, you know. And so the four of us, okay, down, my side down now? No, your side. How many th- times do you think that man about fell out? It didn't look, not, you know, he's like, okay. And Jesus is like, what? And dirt's coming down on his head, you know. But it said that throughout all that, Jesus saw their faith. Faith takes risks. And so they brought him down. And it said that Jesus, seeing their faith in Mark 2, verse 5, he said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And then he said in verse 11, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And guess what? He did. And I bet you all the friends did with him too. I would too. They probably didn't fix the roof. (laughs) Bye. And so they got their healing. And so uh, the, the woman with the issue of blood took a risk going out in public and touching someone. If you read Leviticus, she was not supposed to do that. She could have been brought outside the city and stoned. And then, so she took a risk. And then uh, the guy with the mat, that's a risk, going up on the roof with a paralyzed man. That's fun. And then bringing him down and making sure he doesn't, you know, fall and hurt himself even more. And then what if Jesus was mad that they did that and interrupted his sermon? How dare you? And said, no, I'm not doing anything for you today. No, that's a risk they took. They didn't know if he was going to do it. But their faith said, we're doing this. Faith takes risks. How about blind Bartimaeus? He's not blind anymore, or he wasn't blind anymore, but that's what we know him as. He took a risk. He yelled and screamed, and he risked getting yelled at, and they're telling him, shut up, and he's like, no. He's yelling out for mercy. Mercy is coming up the road, and I want mercy. I want to see again. And Jesus saw his faith. And Jesus, when he saw his faith, he told him, come over here. Come on, bring him over. And he told him, your faith has made you whole. Now you go. And it said, he followed Jesus. He, he opened his eyes. He responded. He saw. And then it said, he followed Jesus on his way. Well, with these things in mind, we've got to know that whether the gifts of the Spirit are operating or manifesting, or if we're, and we're the recipient of that, or if we're in a line where hands are being laid on us for healing, Healing always comes, but we have to respond to it. We have to respond to it. Remember, the Holy Spirit meets us in our movement. And this is where many are failing to receive healing. Failing to what? Receive. Yeah. If I'm going to give you my iPad... And I'm, I'm like, here you go, here's my iPad. You can't just stand there with your hands by your side and say, thank you, thank you very much, I receive it. Well, open your hands and stretch it out and take my iPad. Oh, well, thank you, I thank you very much. Thank you, you're so kind. You are so nice, thank you. Well, are you going to take it or aren't you going to take it? You have to take your hands and take it from me and receive it from me. But yet we'll stand in the line and we'll say, yep, 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 but we don't receive. So we're going to talk about receiving. Glory to God. And so uh, we have to, there's, there's something you have to do to receive. And that's our responsibility. Uh, there are many times when hands are laid on a person and they say, I felt warmth 
or heat. You hear people say that. Uh, warm, heat. Uh, you know, we were in the meetings uh, last week and they had uh, a gentleman who was uh, a minister who was used in uh, the gifts of the spirit. And uh, he said, uh, oh, come testify after. And a number of individuals, not a lot, but some uh, said, yeah, it was it felt. What do you feel like? Oh, it felt like icy hot on my back. I've never felt that before or warm heat or like oil going down. And that's wonderful. And that's great. But what about the rest of us? who were in the room that felt nothing. Did we receive our healing? Yes. Yes. You don't have to feel anything to receive your healing. You don't have to feel a warmth. You don't have to shake. You don't have to have any of that happen. Faith takes it. Faith doesn't have to feel something to say, I'm healed. It doesn't have to. And so it's amazing the work of the Lord with the heat and all that, and that happened. But if that doesn't happen, that does not mean you did not receive your healing. What, what did we say? Healing always comes. Say that. Healing always comes. So faith takes it and says, I am healed right now, even if I don't feel anything. So here's some instruction that's helping me uh, receive healing. When hands are laid on you, first, don't wait to feel something. Don't wait to feel something. You know, you know, like, am I going to fall? Am I? Don't, don't bother with that. Who cares about that? You're there to receive. And so when hands are laid on you, don't wait to feel something. Take your healing by faith. And instead of seeing yourself separated from your healing, See yourself separated from that sickness. See yourself separated from that disease, from that disability, from that disorder, from that pain, from that confusion, yeah, from that mental anguish. See yourself separated from that. It goes that way and you go that way. You're separated from that, not from the healing. You're separated from that pain and discomfort, whatever you're up there for. See it go in the opposite direction. Healing is present now. It's yours. You were born into it, so just take it. It's your responsibility to take your healing. Jesus can't take it for you. He's already done it. He's already done it. Now, as you take your healing, you need to do something. Everything, everyone, every instance, uh, that we see uh, where Jesus healed, whether through the gifts of the Spirit or whether through the simple laying on of hands, they had to do something. They had to respond. Jesus told those who were laying down, get up. Jesus told those who were blind, open your eyes. Jesus told the man with the withered hand, "Open, stretch out your hand and open it. They had to respond and do something. Jairus' daughter, who was dead, Jesus said, arise. She as she opened her eyes, life came into her body, and she sat up and lived. They had to respond. Uh, it's not the pastor's responsibility or the person laying hands on you to respond. It is your responsibility to respond as one who is healed. Amen. As one who was healed. And so um, when uh, you pray, see that happening. So um, you have to do something after you're prayed for. Put some action to your faith. So what do you do? Well, you do the opposite of what you've been doing. You've been the, you do the opposite of what you've been doing. And uh, this shows that you agree that you are healed. Uh, don't miss this, though. Do something you couldn't do. Listen to me. You're not, when, when you pray, say your knee was bothering you and you had a hard time walking. And I said, do something to show that you agree that you're healed. And you say, well, walking was a problem. And so you go to take your first step, but you do it like this, to see if you're healed. You're not checking to see if you're healed. 
Faith doesn't need external proof. It doesn't need external proof. If my wrist was hurting, I don't go, well, you know. No, no, I just start walking. Well, what if it hurts? First of all, get in the word and build up your faith so you don't allow doubt to speak and, use, and say that anymore. But start walking. If it hurts, it hurt when you came up here. So what? <laughs> so what? It ain't going to be worse. You're in the anointing. So what? If you go to walk and you're like, oh, well, no, you don't say that no more. The opposite would be to say, I'm healed in Jesus' name and all the pain is gone. And so respond and do something that you couldn't do. Now, there are things you cannot do that with in service. Something happened on Sunday, and I'll use him as an example. I don't know if you saw it, if you caught it, but that's exactly what you should do, what he did on Sunday. First of all, he was quick to respond. When the Holy Spirit is moving and calling for someone, something, in fact, I turned around, I was like, oh, oh, he's already up here. <laughs> he came up so fast, and he was like, I'm here. I said, Woo. now that's how you respond, one, to the Holy Spirit. You don't drag your feet and hesitate. He meets you in your movement. What if the water was stirred <laughs> and there was only anointing for one? He would have got it on Sunday. Not the case. But do you see what I mean? Respond quickly. And, and he, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about that. So now he came up. I know what he came up for. He was in the hospital the week before, and we know why. And so he came up, and we took authority over that. Torment was the, was the thing, right? And so he went back to his seat, and as I was praying for someone else, I caught in my peripheral vision him doing something at his seat. Now, he didn't come up for legs to be healed. He didn't come up because his back's been hurting. He didn't come up for anything physical like that. He can move. He can run just fine. But that was an act of faith. He did something different. He made a movement. And guess what? This week, he's, that torment's gone. Because he could have been in the hospital again this week. Because this has been going on for a long time. But he made a movement. And it didn't, it didn't like look like, I love what Stephen, Stephen Dufresne said about this. He said, say you have like stomach issues. He said, you can't really like see if they're healed. You know, people will tell you, can you check and see, you know, not to see if you're healed, just to testify that, oh yeah, I've got an immediate healing. That's what that's about. Not to say, if I'm healed. No, you received your healing. Did it manifest in your outward, in your outward body? You got your healing, but did it manifest? That's what they're asking you. But uh, he said, sometimes you can't. He said, and people are like, well, I, I guess I did. He said, no. He said, I don't care if you got to grab a hula hoop and start hula hooping and say, I'm doing this as an act of faith. Go wash your dishes. Go do something to say, I'm doing the opposite of what I did. If you're in church, jump up and down. Even if it's not like my legs or anything, it has nothing to do with my physical. I'm believing for something else. Do something different. In your movement, you're releasing your faith and you're solidifying that and confirming that, yes, I got my healing. And I can remind the devil. Remember that little dance I did? At church, you're trying to put the symptoms on me. Oh, no, that dance is everything. <laughs> That's all I care about. I got my healing. I got it. I received it. And take it. Healing always comes. Always comes. It always comes. Hallelujah. Faith doesn't need external proof. Hallelujah. Uh, and so um, faith requires action. Dan Hagen was 17 years old when he received his healing. He was on his deathbed. He had a, uh, uh, a deformed heart, an incurable blood disease, and he was paralyzed. He couldn't walk. And so he, he received his healing, and he said he received it by reading the word and finding Mark eleven twenty four. That's why people say, oh, Dad Hagen wrote Mark eleven twenty four Because he received a revelation of the word of God and exercising faith in the word while he was in bed. No preacher. All the preachers told him, no, you have to die because the doctor said you have to die. And you're going to die and we'll pray for you as you go. They told him healing wasn't for today. So he didn't learn that. So he had to learn it for himself. God taught him about healing. And so one day he was just laying there and he said at some, some moment the thought occurred to him. You're saying you're healed. Uh-huh. Healed people don't stay in bed at 2 o'clock in the afternoon at this hour. 
they're not in bed. So that started the process of him moving out of that bed. Faith takes action, and faith takes risk. Amen? There's a movement that's required, and it's our responsibility to do that. Glory to God. And so he got a revelation of that, and he took action. Bless the Lord. So uh, we can uh, step out, and if it hurts, you know what? I'm still healed. That doesn't Pain doesn't mean anything in this case because the anointing of God is present, and I am healed. And that's what I have to remember every time that symptom tries to come on, come on me. I have to go back to this is where we lose it. We let go of our healing because symptom comes. Oh, I guess I didn't get. No, healing always comes. That's why we're saying it over and over again. Healing came. You received your healing. You got your healing. You are healing. It's part of your redemption package. But what you say undoes all that you receive. We do that every moment of our lives. We say what we don't want. We say we don't want it, but we continually continue to say it. Oh, my head hurts so bad. Oh, oh, it hurts so bad. I had to really watch what I said. And God even got on to me for when I got up off the chair and my joints and I had aches and stuff, I'd be like, mm. God said, stop. So I, I'm like, how come everybody else gets to do it and I don't get to, Because I'm working on something. And so when he gets on you, then you can to ask him the same question. And so I had to not even do that. I had to, nope, get up off the chair. No matter how bad it hurt, I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. I'm healed in Jesus' name. But we're so accustomed to doing that. We just let our flesh just say what it wants to say. But if I'm working on my healing, i got to change. And sanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. And so... Um, now, if you don't see the healing manifest right away, again, you stay in faith. And this is another area where we miss it. It may uh, be there. It may still be uh, an issue. So we revert back to what we were doing uh, before. Uh, faith continues to say, I am healed in Jesus' name, even when nothing changes. Uh, some of the individuals Jesus prayed for got their healing as they went. And I like what Oral Roberts told Lindsay. Lindsay asked him to pray for migraines. She struggled with migraines for most of her life growing up. And he, he uh, told her, she said, can you please pray? She was having a migraine. And so he prayed and he said, Lindsay, the word of the Lord came to me. He said, you're going to have these three more times. I don't know if he said three more days or three more months. Three more times you're going to have it. He said, and then they will be gone for good and you'll never have one another day. So she was all confused. She's like, I don't understand. Like, why can't I just be healed right now? You're an anointed man of God. Why can't you make that happen? He said, he, so as he was leaving, she said, okay. You know, as he was leaving, he turned around and he said, Lindsay, you're wenting. <laughs> you're wenting. Eric and I are wenting. You know, as they went, they received, we're wenting. And so during the time of wenting, God can help you. There may be things that you need to adjust. So that way, when you do have healing manifest, you don't fall right back into sickness again. So use your wenting time as a time of learning. I'm learning right now. You know, I talked about the next situation that I have. And I received a creative miracle while I was there last week. Uh, they said uh, there's individuals, the word of knowledge came, that there are individuals who need creative miracles in their neck. And I do. Uh, I did. My neck, uh, the natural curve that we have in our neck uh, was gone and actually inverted. And so that's what caused then the herniated disc and the burst disc in two of the discs in the neck. That's why I was unable to raise my arms past like here for like two years. Well, uh, I've been working on that, been doing things in the natural to do, but I took my healing. I'm wenting on that. I'm wenting on that. But God's teaching me things up until last night when I went to bed, Eric, and could not sleep for like two hours. I got up and I typed it on my phone. I'm like, fine, thank you, Lord. I received that. Because it's not good news for me. <laughs> the healing is good news. But what he's telling me to do is something that I know I need to do but haven't wanted to do. But 
This is the analogy he gave me, and we're going to close with this. Do you remember Pharaoh in the word of God with Moses? Yeah. If, uh, in Exodus chapter 8, frogs were in their food. Frogs were jumping all over them. Frogs were in their pantry and in their bed and in their bath and in the crib and in every place you can imagine. And Moses, he called for Moses. Pharaoh said, come on. He said, please, tell your God to get rid of these things and you and your people could go worship him. And so Moses said, okay, when do you want me to tell God to remove them? And I know what I would have said, and I know what his wife would have said. Yesterday, he said, tomorrow. Why not today? So we sit there and we laugh at that, and there's been messages, one night with the frog, one more night with the frogs, right? But we do the exact same thing in our lives on a daily basis. This is what God shows us. So in my life, I have kind of babied my arms uh, because I went back to working out too fast and uh, I hurt it again. And so to lift my arms this way, now I can go this way, but to do anything that has resistance, my arms hurt. And so because they're so tight. And so I'm working with my doctor to loosen that. I have exercises I'm doing to loosen that. But uh, the Lord reminded me last night in my sleep when he woke me up and said, do you recall last year around this time how you had no pain in your arms? And I said, that's right. It was right around this time for a good four or five months. I was like, you would have never known I had nothing. I was like, this is awesome. In fact, it was after that that I went and did some. And I'm like, yes, I remember. He said, what were you doing different? And so I thought about it. I had cut out excessive sugar. Excessive sugar leads to inflammation. Achy joints, achy bones, asthma, all of that. I had cut that out. And so he said, if you'll do that again, the pain in the arm will go. And so I have a decision to make. Do I want to be in joy with my sugar or do, and just enjoy it and be in pain? Or do I want no more pain? It's a decision. And people would be like, that's a stupid decision. Just stop eating it. Yeah, you try it. You do it. What is it that he's told you to stop? Come on now. It ain't that easy. So one more night with the sugar, right? One more, uh, you know, and he told me, stop complaining. You got your healing. Uh, you can't do that no more. Uh. So now I'm like, praise the Lord, I'm healed. Hallelujah. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, but I'm being disobedient. I'm being disobedient. I'm still having excessive sugar. And so I have to make a change. That's me. I'm talking about me. I don't know about you. God will teach you, though, and he will, if you'll let him. During the wenting process, instead of, you know, saying, oh, this is horrible, uh, learn something. Learn something so you don't fall back into the bad habit or fall back because sickness comes on us most of the time <laughs> because we open the door. Because we open the door. Strive. Strive. I worked in a cancer center. And one of the doctors did studies, and they showed studies that strife leads to cancer. Your cells respond to strife in a negative way. Laughter will help you heal. Your cells and your body, your muscles, your joints respond to laughter. It's like medicine. See, our bodies are made to heal itself if we'll treat it right. But if we abuse our bodies and we, you know, put toxins and sugar and all of that stuff in our bodies, and then, Lord, I ask for my healing, you know, he's going to say, you've got some work to do. I healed you. And you can come up to the prayer line, and you should. 
You should. Don't let that stop you because that will be your line in the sand. Like, okay, fine. Now I really have to do it because now all of us in the church are going to be looking at you. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, but we'll encourage you. We'll be like, Amen. Every time we see you, you're the healed. Eric got his back the, when the word of knowledge came about his back. Every day at that meeting, every time anybody, oh, you're Eric, the one who was healed. Oh, you're Eric, the one who was healed. Oh, you're Eric, the one who was back on here. That's, th we'll do that for you. What did you come up? Oh, yes, you're the healed. We'll agree with you. But you know what? Don't look to God to take care of that whole process. That's on us to do. And so this is why you see people coming up over and over and over and over again for prayer. But you don't know what's happening in their personal life. You don't know the things that they're partaking and participating in. But yet we look at maybe God's not healing people. It has nothing to do with God. Healing always comes. Healing always comes. And so we just have to participate with it. Amen. Yes, once and for all. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, yeah, we don't want to be like Pharaoh that, tell, uh, that tolerates it one more day. We don't want to tolerate it one more day. We want it gone. We want to be completely healed. And we want to be able to do what uh, we're supposed to do. So don't tolerate it. So we cooperate with uh, him. Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed with the devil, for God was with him. But until he came to a certain place and was faced or met with unbelief, met with offense, and it said he could there do no mighty work. It didn't say he wouldn't. It said he couldn't. Their unbelief stopped him from performing anything mighty, anything. And it said he just healed a few. I'm sure the few that got healed were grateful. But he, everybody could have been healed. Everybody could have received something. There could have been dead raised. Whatever ailment they had could have been gone. But because of their unbelief and their offense, it kept them. It, it tied his hands. And we don't want to do that. We want to participate with him. Amen. So on Sunday, what we'll do, I know faith is coming. Amen. Faith is coming. The more we hear the word of God on the subject, the more faith will come. So your homework for those who are going to be coming, I know we've got folks watching online too. For those who are going to have hands laid on you on Sunday for healing, I'd like you to find one of the instances of Jesus healing someone in the gospels that resonates with you. Let the spirit of God move you to that or lead you to that. And, and find one and just zone in on that particular instance of healing and just meditate on it. Read it two or three or four or ten times a day, uh, as many times as you can a day until Sunday. Let faith for healing come. And so when lay, hands are laid on you, then you know you will receive. Faith always, healing always comes uh, if we pray in faith. Amen? And we're going to pray in faith. So we'll take a few minutes on Sunday and talk about the last part of this, and that is our testimony. That's our testimony. Do you know you're responsible, and I'm responsible, to give God glory in my life? And one of the ways he gives, we give him glory is by sharing with others. You know, you can share with others what the Bible says and the stories of healings in the Bible and the stories of healings in the old days, you know, in days gone by, and they can refute it. They can say, you weren't there. I don't believe the Bible is true. But they can't refute your testimony of healing. They can't say, no, it didn't happen to you because you could say, I lived it and I'm living proof. Here's what God did, and he is so good, and he will do it for you too. Amen? So your testimony is important. And if you don't share, you just really limit yourself when it comes to receiving healing. And so we'll talk just a little bit about that, and then uh, we'll pray for individuals. Amen? Healing always comes when we pray in faith, but we have to respond. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
So this evening, we're going to get ready to give. So if you would like to uh, give and you need an envelope, uh, Mr. Eric, uh, someone can grab an envelope back there. Thank you. You can raise your hand and they'll serve you. It is the last Wednesday. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Amen. Yes. He doesn't know he's working it. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's doing the action. And and it would probably be accelerated if he added some faith to it. But he does everything he knows to do in his own strength. Yes. It takes action. But he, yeah. Yeah. He's living off of your faith, Joe. <laughs> There's some faith there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the world does that all the time. The world will take action. They'll do what they need to do. Uh, and they, yeah, they, they'll get their healing. They'll get their healing. Now, it didn't come by, you know, Jesus healing them uh, in terms of them working, healing in their body. But then there's also times, I believe, a lot of times when the gifts of the Spirit manifest, it's the mercy of God. <laughs> it's the mercy of God. Because you say, then why doesn't the gifts of the Spirit just, you know, operate all the time and it just can start anew and wipe the slate clean? Because God knows you can do better than that. God says you're more grown up than that. When you were a baby, infants need more help. And unbelievers, uh, the, the, uh, Dad Hagen used to say, healing is the dinner bell. The dinner bell. Yeah. Right. Right. See, you don't know. Right, right. You don't know. He could be mumbling under his breath. Lord, take this away. <laughs> you know. He could be mumbling. Yeah, because he knows. He's seen it. He knows. He, he's been in this a long time with you. Yeah. And you've worked it in your life. So, yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, uh Get ready for Sunday, and if you have someone who, you know, maybe they have symptoms in their body, and I'm talking about even things that we tolerate. You know, I talk about these glasses, which I'm tired of. I didn't wear these glasses the other night. I had contacts in, and yet I kept doing this. I'm like, people must be looking at me like, what is her problem? I'm pulling up glasses that are not on my face. I'm like, that tells you you've been wearing glasses far too long, and I want them out. I want them gone, and so I don't care what it is. Uh, you know, if it's something that you tolerate, you don't have to tolerate sickness and disease in your body. You don't have to tolerate discomfort. You don't have to tolerate. That's not God's highest flow for you. And if it's getting on your nerves, why not go ahead and take care of it now? You know what I mean? Like, if you're fine with it and you're okay with it, then okay, you're okay with it. Uh, he'll let you be okay with it. But if it bothers you, then it, I'd get rid of it. <laughs> and the way to do that is to stand in faith. Faith always comes along with wisdom. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for this time to give. We thank you, Lord, that we can exercise our faith when it comes to giving. And we thank you, Father, that you meet us in our movement. And so we give out of our hearts. We give out of a cheerful heart, a heart that loves you, a heart that desires more of you. And so we thank you for this opportunity to give. We don't take it lightly, but we do so, Father, with gladness in our hearts. We do so knowing that your kingdom is being furthered because of our giving. And we give you all the honor and all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I hope you got something out of that. I know that... Uh, this is a good time uh, to receive healing uh, because the world needs us healed, right? The world needs you healed. You can't go sit up in urgent care and be like, I have such a good God. You need to come to church. 
You need to come to church. Whoa, I got a fever of 104. You need to come to church with me on Sunday. I go to a great church. Come on, come on. You get in your beat-up car. Can you give me a jump, please? Oh, Lord, you got any money for gas? No. Would you go to that person's church? The answer is no. You could say it. It's fine. It's no. I wouldn't because they probably believe that that's okay and that that's how God wants you to live. I don't believe that. I believe a testimony is I'm doing what I need to do and God's providing my needs and God's keeping me healed. I'm working my healing out. Now, I'm not saying don't go to urgent care. I'm not saying I go to urgent care. I do what I need to do. But I'm just saying if you're always there and the people behind the desk know you, and, and, you know, they're always like, hey, what are you in for today? And you're, you know, hobbling in. And can I tell you about Jesus? It sounds like you need Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, maybe just keep that to yourself until you get completely healed and don't see him for a while. Then stop in and go, hey, remember how I always used to come here once a week? Well, I am healed. Come on to my church. <laughs> you know, it's a good testimony. The world needs to see God's goodness. They hear all the time how much God despises this and he hates that. and he does. They need to see his goodness. And he wants everyone to be healed. And yeah, there are some people who don't. They don't get healed. Why? Because they, they don't take responsibility for their healing. They just want God to do everything. That's called being a lazy Christian. And a lazy Christian always misses out. They always miss out. A lazy Christian just has what they'll always have and be who they always, they just go with the flow. We don't need lazy Christians in this end day. We don't need lazy Christians in this time that we're living in. We need Christians who are bold in our faith. And to be bold in our faith, we need to be healed. Amen? Glory to God. Well, bless the Lord. Uh, did we pass out? Uh, yeah, can you go ahead and collect those for me? Thank you. We'll see you on Sunday. It is our final service in this building on Sunday. Glory to God. I'm excited about it. And so come be a part of the service and uh, we'll, we'll uh, go ahead and lay hands on people and we're going to have testimonies. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. And we'll give you some information about the following day and the week and, and the next week. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us tonight online. And for those who joined us here,